Chapter Twenty Six of Eight Keys to Eden by Mark Clifton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Dale Grothman. As one awakened from a deep sleep, a hypnotic trance, Cal opened his eyes. Man's ancient thought filled his being, the subject of man's dreams, of yearnings, of philosophies. In ancient eidetic memory, the unbroken thread persisted. If I could only grasp this elusive thing, always just barely beyond my reach, I would not need the ox, the wagon, the train, the plane, the spaceship to transport me from here to there. And now, at last, the thought was in Cal's grasp. Express the things and forces, balanced in equation to describe them as they are, or, equally, to alter the things and forces, instead, to fit the equation balance one had in mind, purely a matter of choice. Each was the use of natural law. No chaos here, no magic. One as much true science as the other. How long had he slept and dreamed? A few minutes, an hour? Or, by chance, was he another Rip Van Winkle, doomed to find the colonists aged or dead. But why wonder? A short distance first, just outside the amphitheater, just a small test. He first rearranged the relative positions of himself to the amphitheater, to be outside instead of in it. He diagrammed the forces in his mind that would alter the relationship, connected them. He was standing outside the entrance arch. With a hoarse cry, Louis, who had been watching all the while through the open arch, shrank back away from Cal, weaving in uncertainty, then fell to his knees, then groveled in the dust. Forgive me, he cried. In my blind, senseless vanity, I did not know you were a holy one. I was going to kill you. I confess. Woe, woe! I saw you lying there in their temple defaming it in blasphemy by your sleep but then i tried to enter and i could not their will prevented me some shielding force protected you and then i knew you were a holy one forgive me let me live to expiate my sin louis louis cal said sadly as if entangled ball the thought stream of louis twisted and warped by the false reasonings and interpretations fed to him in childhood seemed clearly revealed to cal again a change in concept of the relationship to reality the schematic forces visualized the untangling strengthening of thought louis scrambled to his feet a rueful grin on his face sorry cal he said i must have gone nuts there for a while shock and all i'm all right now don't worry any more about me i'll get on back to the rest sure louis see you there cal agreed a rearrangement of relationships and cal walked out from behind a bush to approach jed and tom you must not have gone all the way to the top jed said when he looked up and caught sight of cal it's just barely past noon i reckon didn't expect to see you back until nightfall i took a shortcut cal said with a grin little past noon he continued as if musing with a thought about the same time of day that everything happened a couple of weeks ago 
Yeah, about the same time of day, Jed said, looking at him curiously. Tom had arisen to his feet and was staring at Cal curiously, sensing a difference in the E. Now Jed felt it too and looked at Cal with puzzlement on his face. There's something important about it being around this time of day, Cal? he asked. Not really, Cal said, but I thought it might be helpful. I could restore the village, the fields, the escape ship, everything just as it was. Make it feel like a continuation of the same day to the people. It being the same time of day would help the illusion that no time had passed. Nothing had happened. Tom's eyes narrowed in speculation. You can do that, Cal? he asked. You've solved the problem? Yes, Cal said simply. I'll tell you about it sometime. There's quite a few loose ends to catch up right now. He turned to Jed. How about it, Jed? he asked. Think it'll be too much of a shock to put things back as they were? In spite of himself, Jed was trembling. He drew a deep breath, firmed his jaw, seemed to set himself as one does in the dentist chair at the approach of the drill. It was a bigger equation, a more complex one, but not different in kind. The village of apple trees sprang suddenly into being. The hangar, with the metallic gleam of the ship inside. The fields, the pasture fences with the calves separated from the cows. A few people, clothed, were walking out on the dirt street between the houses. They looked at one another. They looked up at the sky at the fields around them, the forest beyond. They looked back at one another. They shook their heads and blinked their eyes, as if suddenly awakened from a sleep, a dream, a crazy dream. Later they would compare the dream, and with Jed's help piece together and feel the shock and wonder. Upon the hill, away from the village where Jed lay, clothed, in the hammock swung between two trees, Martha came out of the house, clothed. I must have sat down in a chair for a minute and fallen asleep or something, Jed, she said as she came to stand beside him. And I had the funniest dream. You can't imagine. You know how sometimes we'll dream about being out in front of folks all naked? That wasn't a dream, Martha, he answered with a grin. All the people in the village are going to start realizing it pretty soon. They'll need some help. We'd better walk down there. Them people across the ridge, too. Bet they'll be hightailing it back over here, first thing you know. And something else. There's an e-ship here. Come to find out why we didn't communicate. Well, whatever on earth are you talking about, Jed? She asked curiously. It won't be time to communicate for a couple of days yet. You ought to know that. Have you been dreaming, too? Or are you and the boys fermenting something? Here. Let me spell your breath. Ah, now, Martha, he said with a huge grin. He clambered out of the hammock and stood up, took her in his arms, hugged her tightly. Jed, she scolded, right out here in the front yard in front of everybody? But she didn't struggle away from him. It won't matter a bit, he said, not after what's been going on in front of everybody right along. Whatever has been going on can't be half as bad as what I've been dreaming, she said. Better start getting used to the idea that it wasn't a dream, Martha, he cautioned. Jed, she scolded again, her face aflame with embarrassment. End of chapter 26 
of eight keys to eden by mark clifton read by dale grothman